The Open Source Creative Podcast, episode 33. Open Source is not a public service. This is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity process and open source software during my work commute. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. I think that in this week's episode, I just barely managed to get away with not being ranty. Open source communities have a pretty continuous influx of new users who are uh, often have the wrong impression of, of what open source software is and how the development process works. And frequently that means that they, they get the impression that open source software is a public service. It isn't. So um, although we, we recognize that free software is, is when it's released, they're, they're released are in the public good that doesn't make the the developers of the software beholden to us as users so this episode i i'm trying to see if i can effectively make that point and offer suggestions on how all of us can work to dispel this little misconception that folks tend to have on a regular basis (laughs) of course you'll have to let me know just how successful i was in that attempt so let's just get to it We're going to toast marshmallows, are we? Could be. Hello. Ah, well, that, that was a, that was a normal hello. So, I'm, I think I'm gonna just make it a thing to just keep critiquing my hellos at the beginning of every one of these things, and eventually I'll land on one that that's that's mostly acceptable. But um, yeah, first of all, I need to say thanks everyone for testing the podcast and making sure it works on the new website. Uh, as far as I can tell iTunes updated properly, uh, the RSS feed updated properly, and people can could hear the podcast because I got comments on it and feedback and all sorts of cool things on that. So I'm I'm very appreciative for you guys doing that and for you guys just listening. So that that's that's great to know. I haven't finished. There's some there's some more things, of course, I need to do to the old site and the new well not the old site to my personal site to redirect podcast traffic from there to opensourcecreative.org and I think what I what I have decided regarding the mailing list which I brought up at the end of the last show was uh, will be that I think I'm going to keep the mailing list at monsterjavaguns.com for now and just point to that one and hopefully it's clear enough in these shows and in, in the text that I write that that it'll be uh, the right the right the right way of handling that and we'll we'll just play it by ear from there we'll see how it goes so yeah, thanks for for all the feedback and all the answers and, and everything you guys got me. That was uh, that was spectacular. I'm 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 excited. The website's working working fantastically. So there's there's good things coming. I have some some more more things to add to it. So that but that's 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 all I'm going to say about that because that's that's not what I had to talk about in today's episode. Today's episode is is likely going to be a small a short one, but it's it's. And it's a perennial topic, but but I think it does need to be regularly addressed. Oh wait, sorry, I do have a, a bit of additional news. I, I did put out an article, or 
opensource.com put out an article that I wrote that's the fourth in my series on Python tricks for artists. So if, you, if you're trying to get your, your automation game going higher as a, as a creative, or if you're just learning Python in general, go check out that series. I got four parts in it, and the last one gives uh, tips on how to add interactivity to Python scripts. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but you, may, you might find it useful for your day-to-day work. I know that's the whole reason I do Python scripting in my day-to-day work is just so I can have my, my energy focused on, on, on more interesting tasks than things that are, you know, repetitive and tedious. In any case, what I, the, getting back to the topic, getting back to what I, what I actually want to talk about this week, again, it's a, it's a perennial topic. It comes up pretty regularly, but it's something that, that I think needs to, be, needs to be said and needs to be repeated. And that's the notion that open source software, although it's free, although it's freely available, although you get the source code, and, and, and especially the stuff under copyleft licenses like the, the GPL, adheres to, to, to tenets of, uh, of freedom and, 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 and those sort of things. Although all of that's wrapped up in what open source software is, open source software is not a public service. The people who write, while the people who write open source software and all the tools that we love to use on a, on a day-to-day basis, that I love to use on a day-to-day basis, while, while those developers are very gracious with their time and their efforts. Some of them get the, I mean, just kind of the fact that some, a number of people now get paid to do software development for open source software. And I think that's a fantastic thing. But even even then, there there is still graciousness in the act of putting out the source code and even the binaries for free, making distributing that, making it freely available for all of us to use, modify, and 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 work on ourselves. But that's it's not a public service. The the developers who write free and open source software are not public servants. They're not they're they're not indentured to your to your every whim. It's not their their job to do necessarily what you ask. Will it benefit them? Likely to 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 listen to listen to users to sort of take the feedback of somebody who weren't using the software and and incorporate it into the tool. Of course, that that's that's a good move in general, and it's and it's not a bad idea. But at the same time, they're not beholden to you. Even if you you donate to one of the development funds for any one of these projects, they're. They're not obligated, it's a donation, they're not obligated to, to do what you say. And more importantly, it's not any open source software's job to serve as the freeware alternative to whatever your, fav- whatever your cl- favorite closed source tool is. It's not, for example, the, the Blender developer's job to make Blender comfortable for Cinema 4D users, or for Maya users, or for Houdini users. It's not their job. It's their job is to make the best tool that is as as good as they can with the time that they have and the resources that they have. It's not their job to relive that user experience of other software. And oftentimes, it's it's not desirable. Same same thing like GIMP or Krita. It's not their job to give you the Photoshop experience for free. That's not what they're there for. That's not what they do. And if you're making that, 
if you have that expectation, if you have that that requirement that you're that you're attempting to place on those developers, you are wrong. Normally, I get really ranty about this, and I get upset a little bit because I I don't feel that after all these years of open source software being in existence and being not not too far from the mainstream now, that we still have to explain this. We still have to go out and say it's it's the the, the application is the application that it is, and it works as the developers of the application see that it, it matches their design vision. I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? And their design vision is not necessarily to be a a, a drop-in replacement for any one of your 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 favorite proprietary tool. And I don't think it ought to be actually. The, these these tools should should get better by their own right. And if if there's a feature in another tool that 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 would, they would benefit from, then then yeah, I mean maybe it's worthwhile to investigate it. But it still should be done on their own terms. And the artists, the users, contrary to I, I almost want to say popular opinion, but contrary to some folks' opinion, the users are not always right. And let me explain that. As a designer, right, any one of us who, who have done work for customers, for clients, right, we've gotten feedback from our customer. And usually they're hiring us for our expertise, expert expertise, expertise, right? We're being hired as artists, as designers, as animators, as whatever, as writers, as whatever. We're being hired for our, our, our domain expertise in the realm of design and art and and. And those are the, in terms of usability, in terms of aesthetics, whatever the design we're working on, be it a poster, an illustration, whatever it is, we're being hired because we have expertise that they don't. And when we get feedback from a client that says the design isn't working for them, right? The, the, the piece of art we've created isn't working for them. The, 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 the design of, of a poster or whatever is not, is not working for them. And they offer suggestions on how to rectify it. You know, I want it to be brighter. I need more drama. I need more... You, and they get really, really ambiguous with some of the terminology. Oh, just make this image crispier. What the hell does crispier mean? <laughs> I've, I've heard that come out, right? The, we get that sort of feedback, but we kind of expect it. As, as someone who's, who's been... As anyone who's been doing this professionally realized, we, we, a client especially for, for design and in, 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 in any kind of production. If you're doing client work, the client can never, well, I can't say never, the client will rarely be able, be able to tell you what they want. They can only tell you what they don't want after you give it to them. That's, that's sort of like a golden rule that I live by. And, 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 it's, and it's an expected right. And so when, you, when you're addressing their concerns, oftentimes the answer to their problem is not the solution that they gave you, right? If, if, if they're looking, we'll talk design because it was it, just like you're doing a, a, a brochure or, or a magazine spread or something. You're working on a print design that's a spread and the customer says, look, I need to have, I need this design to have more drama. And the way that I think you should do it is to, to you know, make the two pages, the background color for these two pages, very, very different. You know, I want this one to be the uh, a dark color and this one to be a light color, and they go with that. That's their solution, but they're 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 illustrating the symptoms. 
your domain expertise as the designer is is to is not to do what they say, it's to fix the problem, right? So what what when then when they're saying that your your solution is well, what what you what you may actually hear is all right. They, there's there's not enough dynamic feeling to the layout that that they're currently seeing. Maybe maybe the images are too squared off or or. They're, they're not getting the energy from the layout that, that they want to. And their solution's color, but maybe the color, changing the color will, will introduce other problems that they can't foresee because they're not designers, right? So you, you, you might suggest making bigger photos or uh, imparting some curves to the design or, or increasing the white space or, or maybe decreasing the amount of copy that's on the page, right? All of these things are in play and these are the things that you can see and these are things that you can suggest because you have your domain expertise as a designer. The same thing goes for developing software that other people use. The users, in that case, as users of the software, we're the clients. And we have to remember that. We are the clients in this case. And the customer is not always right. We, we know we have problems <laughs> with the software. Maybe there's, 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 there's a usability issue and we're, we're, we're trying to, to do something and it takes too long to do it. Too many clicks to, to get a particular effect done or it feels really arduous to do something or tedious to do something else or, or any n- number of things, right? And we can offer suggestions to the, to the developers and the designers of the software. They're getting people who design a lot of, especially for creative tools, they're not just software design developers. They're also, a lot of them are, are designers, right? They have, they have a, a, at least a minor background in design. Some of them, pure code. I know that. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But in some cases, they, they do have a design background. So it's between, between understanding design and understanding the code and understanding how all that works, we, we kind of do have to trust developers to, to address our symptoms and not just do what we tell them to. One, because they're not our servants, right? They're, they're, they're not public servants. They're not, they're not providing that solution that way. That's not their job. And on top of that, the other part is that they're the domain experts in terms of what the software can do, how it's structured, what, what makes a, a good decision and a, and a bad decision within the context of that application, within, within that application's vision for, for what it's supposed to do. And most, most contrary to popular reasons, most of these, these programs aren't aren't necessarily developed ad hoc, right? They're not just like pieces bolted onto parts, bolted onto pieces, especially the ones that have been around for a while. Yeah, they, they do start to show their age. They do start to have some cruft, just like any other program does. But the underlying tenets and the underlying part of it, there, there, there is a, generally a unifying vision behind it. And we may not necessarily be fully privy to all of that. Now, usually, again, the people who develop the software, the software developers for, for free and open source software, they tend to put that stuff out in the open. There, there are roadmaps, there are designs, there are plans, and we get to see the development happen in real time. Not only that, but that the, the what that also means is it's not just we get to see good development happen. We get to see failures. There are experiments and, and trials that, that, that come in the development of free software of any software action, not just free software. The difference between free software and proprietary software in this case is that we get to see it live in real time. You see a commit, you see an experiment and, oh, well, oh shit, that didn't, that didn't work the way I wanted it to. So let me, let me rebuild it and, and start from scratch again or approach it in a different way. It's the same thing we do on, on, on the art and on the design side is, you know, you'll, 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 
tread down a path. You see this a lot in in writing, in, in fiction writing, right? You'll you'll you see you hear about writers painting themselves into a corner, right? They'll they'll take the story down a path. They maybe they didn't have a great plan for it, or maybe they did have a plan, but once they get into that part of the story, they realize well that 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 doesn't work for 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 a number of reasons, and so you have to roll back roll back that part of the story to to where things did still make sense and take it in another direction. And that happens all the time in software development, just like it happens all the time in, in creative production. And again, with open source software, we see that happening live. We see that happening with the software. If we're, if we're paying attention to the development cycle, we're seeing that happen, right? And so we have to have an appreciation for it. And I, the, the process for, for, for creating the software is not that different from what we do on, on, on a day-to-day basis on, on the art side. The difference is that we're, we are now in the position of, of, of the client. We are not in the position of the producer. We're not in the position of someone who's, who's making the thing. And it, it is a difficult thing for a lot of artists to wrap their head around because you know we, we're used to serving that role. We're used to finding solutions, fixing problems, looking at big picture sort of things like that and, and sussing out, but we're not necessarily domain experts when it comes to to the details of it just like our customers our clients aren't necessarily going to be experts in in writing and design that's that's why they hire us that's why we're there and so that that's just something i think we should all regularly keep in mind and because because free and open source software has such a low barrier to entry price wise we always have a new influx of, of people who are just discovering a particular tool or just discovering free software in general, right? We, 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 there's always an influx of, of new users who are trying things out, and the, that which means that, they, that there's always a, an influx of people who are bringing their own previous experiences to the table and their, their expectations and, and whatnot. And so we, that's why we have to regularly and actively dispel these myth I guess this myth I guess that that people who write open source tools are are beholden to us because because they're not and so for those of us who have sort of been in the game for a while for those of us who have been using these tools for a, for a long time and and understand this we can't just there there are two things we 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 ought not do right one we shouldn't berate people who come in with that viewpoint, right? Everybody started off there. Everybody, everybody comes in with with their own baggage. Either they're coming in fresh with with like complete newbie baggage of of I don't have even the 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 art fundamentals to get started, and we have to sort of bring them up to speed that way. Or they are people with 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 the biases and baggage of their previous experiences as artists and designers, and bringing those experiences and expectations to the new to the free software and we can't berate them for having those experiences because they don't know any better right they don't we, we can't you can't insult somebody necessarily for 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 having an expectation when they don't realize the the error of that expectation you can educate and that's what our job should be and that, so the, yeah the first thing we we we, we should avoid doing is is when somebody comes in with that mindset is you just take the negative track. We, we, it's not to anybody's benefit for us to take that, that, that negative track and, and basically tell them, tell them to shut the fuck up or, or, or get back to work because that, that, that doesn't help them, right? If anything, that, 
And, and maybe there's an argument to, to be said that maybe we don't want those users. And I've seen the argument made, and it's it's there's there's a rational basis for it, but it's I'd like to think that we're nicer people than that. So don't be a dick. So that's that's rule number one. <laughs> you see someone with that mindset, don't 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 be a douchebag to them, right? The other, then the other thing that we can't do either, though, we can't allow ourselves to ignore it or roll our eyes and look the other way or, or do those sort of things because that doesn't help either, right? That doesn't impart the communication that's necessary to, to bring them up to speed, to give them the experience that they need to, and give them that understanding of the culture that's wrapped around free and open source software because they don't know. Right, And if you're not going to sort of nicely explain it to them, then I guarantee someone's going to be a dick to them. So you may as well try to try to like at least play the proper part to offset whoever's going to be a douchebag. And, you know, if I'm going to assume anybody who's who's not listening to this podcast might end up being the douchebag. You guys, I'm sure, obviously, and ladies, guys and ladies, obviously will 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 take the more civil track. And, and, you know, again, we, we, we can't, we can't berate these people and we can't ignore them, right? Because they're, they're, they're trying to learn, right? And we, we, as, as sort of the people who've been doing it for a while, if you, the, to, to borrow language from, from when I did more martial arts, we're the senior brothers and sisters, right? We, we, we've, we've gone down the road, we've, we've, we've trod this path and we've we've seen what's going on we have this these experiences so we should do our best to bring everybody else up to speed to understand how the development model for open source software works to to sort of properly and effectively make make feature requests or just understand and and get that fundamental basis just like you know you have people who are coming in who need a fundamental understanding of of art and design and composition and, and, and those sort of things, the same sort of things that they're going to have to learn the fundamentals of, of, of how the, the, the culture works around free and open source software because they, they don't know it yet. And I keep, I keep saying that, but I, I, I can't emphasize that enough and no one's going to bring them up to speed, but us that's, that's, you know, sort of, sort of our job on there. And that's really the, the, the essence of it. So I would say that if you encounter somebody with this mindset on social media, in a forum, or in meet space, sort of explain to them what's going on and how, how the development model works. Because they should be, be informed on that. If, if they have any expectation of continuing to, to use these tools and you know, be, part of, be part of the community of users that take advantage of them, they should really understand how the development model works and so it's on us to 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 say look these the tool just like on some level just like like proprietary tools the tool is what it is and it gets improved within its own context within its own set of rules within its own vision and it's not the job of developers to be to act like public servants and and do you know whatever we tell them to because as users, we don't know all the solutions. That 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 we don't necessarily know the right solution. Just like our customers don't know the right solution for their designs on 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 stuff for client work. So, I think using that analogy and using that kind of thing is is really the the way to handle it. 
so yeah I think this one this one's actually a, a pretty short episode uh, I'll cut it off there because I actually my commute's short today and um, yeah time to get to work and there we go so what do you think is the uh, the customer client example a good one does does, does it work are there are there other ways of explaining this that you found to be effective? You know, share them with me. Let me know. Maybe maybe we can put together some kind of resource that folks can point to when this topic comes up. Because, like I said, our our communities are going to keep seeing new people come into them, and we're going to continue working. Uh, we're going to have to continue working to gently sort of set them straight on how open source development works. So we may as well have a somewhat central place to point them to. It could be here, here being the podcast, could be anywhere, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't mind if it was in our comment section of the show, but, you know, could be whatever. Speaking of which, if there is something else that's, that strikes a chord or, or related to that, you can make a comment on the show on opensourcecreative.org. Or you can track me down. I'm Jason Van Gumster. I'm on your favorite social media site. You can look for OSS Creative or Monster Java Guns. And you can tell me what you think there. I also still have my email newsletter. It's on monsterjobguns.com on the sidebar. It's a plain text light traffic thing that goes about once a month, but you get early in on the sort of things that I'm up to. So you can subscribe to that if you're interested. All right. It's time for you to get to work. Catch you next week. Thank you.